Welcome to episode 2 of the FPL Double Up podcast, all you need to prepare you for game week 10 and react to game week 9. I'm John Nellis and I'm joined by my co-host Wes, aka FPL Heisenberg. Wes, how's your week been? Yeah, good thanks John, how's yours been? It's been alright, it's been alright. A pretty good FPL week, you know, good captaincy choice, some solid returns. Nothing that I'm going to be like screaming from the rooftops or remember at the end of the season, but I'm definitely not in the dumps this weekend, you know? Yeah, similar for me. I've got a decent score, 65 minus 4 so far. McCarthy still to play. Uh, transfers worked well in terms of Chilwell and Fernandez in. Got the captaincy wrong with Grealish, but uh, overall can't really, can't really whinge. And Lookman got an assist. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually seen that. I seen that and thought of you. The <laughs> now just to let listeners know, we are recording this. We we will be releasing every Tuesday at two p.m. That's when you can expect this podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss it each week or forget about us. Uh, but some weeks we will have to record on the Monday down to work commitments. I'm an air traffic controller. I work shifts. Sometimes I just need to record the day before. So we're actually recording this before the Burnley Crystal Palace game and the Wolves Southampton game. We're lucky this week that. neither of those fixtures should really have anyone um, too much in people's thinking you know there will be the Zaha's of the world the Burnley defenders maybe some of the Southampton assets I have Walker Peters and maybe some people have Shea Adams or Armstrong and the like Wolves I think a lot of people might have swerved them by now some people probably left with Podence but we won't really be discussing anything to do with tonight Um, so we're more dissecting the weekend's fixtures and planning based on that is that fair to say Wes? Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. Yeah, we'll just do what we can with the, what we've got so far. And before we get into the meat of the podcast, we want to introduce you to the partners of the show, Fanslide. Fanslide is the world's first in-play fantasy football game. And don't worry, it's not just another fantasy football game like Sky Sports or anything else. It's completely complimentary. It, it's like your decisions are done um, by the deadline on a Friday or Saturday. Why not make a few more decisions while watching live games? It's in-play fantasy football. Um, you can pick players for periods of games. Um, yeah, why not give it a go? I find it good fun. They have a game on this Sunday, the Chelsea and Tottenham match. They've got 250 quid up for grabs. It's free. Um, it is free to play, but they're throwing 250 quid up for grabs in that game on Sunday. So get the, the fan site app. Go and get it downloaded. And yeah, I would be targeting that Sunday fixture. Wes, did you play it this week? Yes, I played a couple of times and I played on the Man City Spurs game. I thought, right, it's going to be tight at the start. I slide in three Man City defenders and then I looked up for my phone and Son has just put it in the back of the net. <laughs> so the clean sheets were gone and yeah, I didn't do very well on that game. It's tough, but it is it is a lot of fun. You should have trusted your gut last week in the podcast. You were saying about how Son and Kane could be dangerous against City. Yeah, I know. I thought maybe later on in the game, but yeah, yeah. I got it all wrong. Yeah, well, look. Go and check out Fanslide, download it from wherever you get your apps and let us know how you get on. Okay Wes, and now it's time to get into the meat of the podcast. So for people listening, just to give you an idea of what you can expect, I don't think it's any real surprise. Big talking points of the week include Liverpool. Um, with a great win off the back of a bunch of injuries um, and how we should consider them. Man City, um, <laughs> we need to talk about them. 
Spurs, again, the Kane and Son conundrum goes on. We probably won't dwell too long on that, otherwise we'd be talking about them every week, but we will cover it. Then we'll run into some captaincy choices. I have a controversial captaincy choice I'll let you in on. Uh, maybe it's not as controversial as I think, but we'll get to that. And then in the questions, there's a lot of questions about Vardy and others. So th- that's kind of the running order for the show, Wiz. First up, I think we should talk about this Liverpool defence. They're obviously absolutely ridden with injuries, but they kept a clean sheet. Yeah, and I've just been thinking to myself after watching that game uh, yesterday that we've maybe, including myself here, absolutely hands up that we've maybe written off their defence too easily. Like, I've got Robertson in my team, so I was happy with his points this week. But, you know, if I was on a wild card just now, would I have kept him? Probably not. But if you think about it, they've still got Robertson, the best left-back in the league. They've still got Alisson, the best alongside maybe Edison, the best goalkeeper in the league. Uh, Matip, who was first choice alongside Van Dijk for most of last season. And Milner filling in for Trent Alexander-Arnold. Maybe they lose out a bit from an attacking point of view, but uh, in terms of defensive capabilities, I'd put Milner on a similar par with Trent. I don't know how you'd view that, but my my basic point there is, and obviously with Fabinho in there as well, uh, who's obviously a very capable player overall, I think we've just been a little bit hasty on writing off their defence. I don't know what you think about that, John. I think it's it's one of those. It's kind of like whenever you properly delve in to the FPL assets and the team, and like look past just straight up fixtures and injuries, and past the initial kind of thoughts of everyone in the community, past the obvious thoughts when you delve in. It's akin kind of to the Spurs breakdown we did last week. When you look past those horrible fixtures and actually think about who they're playing, how potent they are going forward, and how shit some of these teams are defending, it's kind of like that. It's easy to write off Liverpool, but when you really look at it, I agree with you. Milner is definitely, in my opinion, a better defender than Trent. He offers much less going forward, but uh, you know he'll obviously take a wee penalty here and there. And you know, actually, he could be in some people's thoughts. I'm not suggesting that that's a proper left field pick, but if if Milner's going to be getting game time, I know Trent's back, but actually, I take all that back. Trent's going to be back, isn't he? But Fabinho solid, Allison solid, Robertson solid. If Matip doesn't get injured, and they have a couple of youngsters who've proven okay in that spot, so yeah, I actually think yeah, maybe without the likes of uh, well Trent for a week or two anyway, and Van Dyke there, they maybe shouldn't be written off just as as quickly as we did. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I won't, I won't be writing them off, and it's going to be hard for me to. Obviously, he got the assist. He took a couple more corners, which nearly led to assists and some more from open play. And also, the thing is with Robertson, he's is pretty much the only defensive asset you want from Liverpool. So with him, Matip and Alisson, they're the only ones that are going to rack up uh, on the bonus point system for clean sheets because you've got Fabinho in there, who's obviously a midfielder, and Milner at the minute. So there's only actually three people getting those clean sheets BPS. Whereas if, you, if you're the likes of Leicester, you've got, or maybe not Leicester, but some teams are playing five at the back, like Wolves have got five defenders plus a goalkeeper. So they're the six players who could get the... Uh, the bonus points from a clean sheet, whereas with Liverpool at the minute, it's only three. So that's, uh, it's only a small factor really, but I mean, Robertson's going to be in the bonus points, you think, if there's going to be like one and two nil wins for Liverpool. Yeah. No, I think, I think Liverpool have been properly written off to an extent, but people will now have the sweat of, do they keep, do they get Salah back in? Or if they've held on to Salah, they'll have him coming into probably the next game week, I'd imagine. I think he's been, he tested negative, didn't he? Yeah, he tested negative and there's a quote from Klopp saying that he uh, could be available for the Champions League game midweek. So, you know, if he could be available for that one, 
then he'll be available for the next Premier League game, I've got no doubt. And Salah owners will probably be hoping he actually sits out that game just so he's fresh legs. Yeah. I think a lot of these elite players need a bit of a break, to be honest with you. But moving on to that kind of Liverpool attack, there's one player who is dramatically underpriced, one could say, if he keeps getting the game time he's getting. Diogo Jada, he scored again. Yeah, sensational. Again, he's playing out of his skin. I've got to admit, he's taken me by surprise in terms of, I kind of seen him as a Wolves player that couldn't really nail down a spot for Wolves. He was sometimes playing 60 minutes, sometimes coming off the bench. I just never felt like Nuno trusted him fully or he never seemed to have a real long spell. I know he did have, he definitely had spells of brilliance at Wolves as well, but now he's coming to Liverpool, maybe because he's surrounded by better players, maybe Klopp's using him better. Um, I don't know, but if it can, uh, but if he can do that, uh, then he's going to be a great asset at just, what was he, 6.5, 6.6 million. And with Liverpool's fixtures coming up, in the next three, they've got uh, Brighton away, Wolves home, Fulham away. So, yeah, there could be some goals in there for Jota at a reduced price of, of around 6.5 mil. A tangent kind of on that, which based off the Jota talk, is or the Jota talk, is players in a sort of comparable value that people will have, yeah. that people will be looking to get rid of. One is Phil Foden. 6.5 Jota 6.6 and yeah. one who have just clocked that I have that I would be half considering is James Rodriguez at 7.7 yeah, I think quiet. he's at 7.7 now do you know it's been a wee while since he's done stuff albeit I think he had a ball sack injury but <laughs> yeah, he did, do yeah. you know there's a tasty million you could save there and if Jota's in such scintillating form it's it's worth considering and there's a lot of considerations and it, Jota's at such a nice price point yeah, absolutely. And like you said, there's Foden not really doing the business. Well, I think I'm pretty sure the last three games he hasn't started for Man City. Um, I haven't checked that for sure, but he's definitely not a regular at the minute. Um, so it's, it's such a hard one. If, you have, if you've held Foden for all this time, what do you actually do with him? Because now Man City's fixture run is going to be really, really good, really, really easy on paper anyway. Um, is it worth holding? I know Man City haven't scored many goals this season. They've, they've scored the same amount of goals as Calvert-Lewin. Both of Man City have got 10, Calvert-Lewin's got 10. So they're not scoring the amount of goals, but they have got the fixtures coming up. So will that change dramatically? And therefore will Foden, and if Foden does start playing games, then he could get some big hauls. It is a tough one. Yeah, he just hasn't been getting enough minutes at club level. Uh, no. He started the season getting a bit more. Maybe we thought he'd be getting a bit more game time. but I thought he would. He played in the Champions League, which fantasy managers don't really care about. I'm looking yeah. back all the way a month ago now, he got 45 minutes against West Ham, then he had 10 minutes against Sheffield. Yeah, He was on the bench against Liverpool, didn't get Big a minute. Yeah. Then at England, he got a bit of game time, had a great game, and then in their game against Tottenham there, he got 19 minutes. Like Those just are not sufficient minutes. And even if he got double those minutes, they're probably not sufficient minutes to have him in your midfield. You'd much rather someone like Diogo Jota, who's forced his way into this Liverpool team, is playing a lot of minutes, most games fair enough he gets a bit rotated but not not massively and yeah I just think that that one's a bit of a no-brainer yeah and getting the goals as well if you have the transfer I would be making that if if there's no other fires to fight and staying on that Liverpool tangent just one more thing was because this is like it is I think for me Liverpool are the big talking point of the week in many ways the Salah and KDB debacle now Salah's coming back some people would have got rid of Salah for Bruno, which probably proved to be a decent choice in the short term. Some people brought in KDB. There's a lot of questions over KDB and Man City. Last week, 
I praised them massively. Uh, well, not necessarily praising their current form, but backing them to come into some sort of form with KDB back playing 90 minutes each week and a great run of fixtures. I suppose at the minute, if you have Salah, everyone's going to keep him, at least for the next two or three fixtures. So it's not a case of getting rid of them for KDB. But if you've brought in Kevin De Bruyne, would you be staying patient? I think you have to, really, if you make a transfer of that sort of magnitude. Yeah, if if I don't have De Bruyne yet, I've got Bruno, uh, who I took out Salah last week just because I wasn't sure if he was going to miss the two fixtures. So, yeah, it's a tough one now between if you could only get one or, you know, maximum two out of Bruno, De Bruyne and Salah, you'd think two's the very maximum. Who do you get in? It's tough. If, if Like you said, if you've got De Bruyne in now, I wouldn't be removing him before these fixtures. He did look bright against Spurs. He was driving forward, getting shots off. I think he would have poss- possibly scored if uh, Gabriel Jesus didn't actually block one of his shots as well. So... I'd, if I had if I had De Bruyne, I'd still be confident of returns, and I wouldn't be looking to ship him out. Uh, but yeah, I don't like too much flip flopping between the premiums, which is why now I've got Bruno, I'll probably stick by him. I rate Bruno highly to be involved in uh, in the goals in any game, and likewise with the other two. But you just can't have them all. So I think now if you if choose who you're going to go with, and just go with it for the next five or six games. Um, and yeah, if you can squeeze two in maybe by freeing up some funds uh, in another area, then that's great. But again, just pick two out of the three and go for it. Yeah, the flip flopping is one of those that I think a lot of relatively inexperienced managers do. I remember I used to always do it in the early days where you'll go between Salah and Mane week to week, just burning transfers, and inevitably you're going to miss the week that one bangs and you've the other guy. And okay, maybe you'll go through a spell of guessing it correctly, but it's just it's Russian roulette. There's there's no need for it. If you back the one that you think will do better over the next six yeah. weeks, you'll come out better and you'll save a lot of transfers in the meantime. So I agree with you there. It's about backing who you believe in when it comes to the premiums and just kind of set and forget i think that's something that i've brought into this season i am much much more cagey cautious patient i'm not making transfers right up to the deadline and i'm not taking hits and i've maybe i've been blessed because the team's been pretty solid Uh, i did early wild card but i'm just taking a much more chilled approach and so far it's been doing okay i'm sitting about 375k and i was 2 million or something three or four weeks ago so I think there's a lot to be said for just sitting on there, letting your decisions play out. You made those decisions for a reason. Give them the five games you planned. Yeah, that, that, yeah. in terms of general strategy, that's exactly the right thing to do. Wait until closer to the deadline uh, for more information. And yeah, in terms of your transfer strategy, yeah, you're, you're playing it right in terms of not making too many transfers, not flip-flopping between your premiums because other weaker areas of your squad will just be neglected if you do that or it will be a lot of minus points. And you're going to miss point holes and it's just going to stress you out. So yeah, that's a really good way to play. So as we're segueing really well today. We start off with Liverpool defence, then transitioning the Yotta into Foden. We talked about Man City and now we're going to talk about who Man City played this week, Spurs. It's a big top topic of debate. We talked about it a lot last week. It's the Kane and Son, can they keep delivering? Kane and Son, their fixtures turn, should have got rid of them? And people who got rid of Son are kicking themselves because another 10-pointer. Yeah. They really do look like the most potent, reliable, best. I've said potent about four times this podcast, but look, people just deal with it. Good word. It is. It's a great word, and it describes Spurs' attack perfectly. They do have a turn in fixtures here. They've got Chelsea, who are pretty sturdy at the back. Arsenal, maybe not so much. Crystal Palace. Then they've got Liverpool, who we've discussed. Leicester. 
like that that's a tough run of fixtures but again not the not to bring up last week again but I don't want to ship either of these guys out of my team with the form they're in yeah I'm exactly the same when people ask me questions should I take these two out of my team I'm thinking I try and make transfers I'm trying to target the weaker areas of my team so my transfers last week for example I removed Sace for Chilwell Sace has lost his plays etc etc no good FPL asset anymore so I got rid of him so that's a problem sorted and Salah was obviously out with COVID. Okay, he's only missed one game, but at the time it might have been two, maybe even three, who knows. So I targeted the areas in my squad that weren't going to get me any points this week and improved it quite dramatically, especially in the short term. And Chilwell would definitely be a long-term improvement on Sace regardless. Um, so I'm, and the reason I'm saying that is that's how I try and look at my transfers. I, I want to be taking players out who aren't performing, whereas Kane and Son are performing. I don't think Kane is blank since week one. Son can do really well against the bigger teams as well because they're more likely to play a higher line against them and his pace can be uh, used to potent effect in behind to try and score. Uh, so yeah, I I don't want to remove Kane or Son. I get it. I get why people are going Son to De Bruyne and it might easily work. Uh, but for me, I'm, I'm trying to keep those guys whilst also um, having a good squad. Completely agree. And I actually hadn't realised that Kane had went eight fixtures on the bounce with a return. Like, that's absolutely obscene. How anyone can even debate getting rid of a player like that. I don't give a shit about fixtures. Form comes, form trumps it here. Uh, for me anyway. Son as well in great form. I've got other fires to fight. I've got James Rodriguez there who's maybe not far and he hasn't given me a return in something like four yeah. games. I've got Lamptey with the red card. I'll probably hang on to him because he's a yeah. cracking player and I think he's only out for one game. Of Nyland, the Aston Villa keeper who I discussed last week, blocking an Aston Villa spot. If he wasn't there, I can tell you the console would have been in my defence last week. Um, probably for James Justin. But in fairness, after watching the Leicester highlights, he, he was getting forward a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Son and Kane for me, they're staying another week. Um, they're going up against Chelsea. Big game. Let's see what happens. I'm in no rush to get rid of them. I have other players to move. Moving on from that, Wes, if you're if you're ready to move on, I think we could move into some captaincy options and, and what we're thinking for this week. Uh, yeah. I've got a bit of a... Maybe it's not as left field as I think, but I think it's a bit left field. Do you want to tell us yours first or second? Yeah, I'll go for mine. So I'll just discuss captaincy last week as well, just a little bit, then I'll move on to my pick for this week. So obviously a lot of people brought in and uh, made Bruno Fernandes their captain. And just looking at some stats for... Every player in game week nine, he had the most key passes with six. He also created two big chances, uh, according to the stats as well, which was for Martial and Rashford, but both of them couldn't finish. So he was unlucky not to get some assists. Uh, obviously, you could say he was maybe a bit lucky to get the goal from the penalty because it was saved, and I do get that argument. But at the end of the day, Bruno deserved to get you know some points and he could have got more. Uh, so yeah, maybe I, in, t- in terms of, you know, we all make mistakes over the course of the FPL season. Going for Grealish over Bruno was probably a mistake from my point of view. Um, obviously, you'd expect Jack to get something in that game. But moving on to this week, uh, I'm going to go for Calvert-Lewin, who over the course of the season has got the highest non-penalty XG of any player in the league. Um, and obviously, the people who are taking penalties are going above him in the, in the overall XG stats because obviously they're taking penalties. But yeah, non-penalty XG... He's top for any player. He's the top scorer in the league. Like I mentioned earlier, he's got as many goals as Man City in the league this year. And um, yeah, I'm going for him. Reliable. He hasn't blanked too many fixtures either. Maybe one or two this season. 
So yeah, that's kind of why I'm going for Calvert-Lewin. What about you, John? Who are you going for? I have a really... I've just had a complete and utter balls up um, in terms of who I thought I was going to be captain. Are you ready to hear the most embarrassing thing of the year, Wes? And I'm just going to be transparent. I could try and play this off cool. But, you know, this is... We're going down the hole. You know, you're the guy and I'm the dickhead who's trying to freeload off you and basically get a free patron subscription and get advice off you. So I was looking at my team and based on their positions on my pitch last week, for some reason it's moved. I think it's because I took someone off the bench. I just looked at the fixtures. There are two blue jerseys. There's Calvert-Lewin and Timo Werner side by side. And I thought it was Timo Werner playing Leeds. And I was like, I'm picking Werner. Because if you watched the game last week, he literally could have had about six assists and seven goals. He was everywhere and he seemed to balls everything up. But I know he is class and he has class and he's getting into those positions. And to be honest with you, I was looking at his price tag and I was thinking, if I sell him, of two transfers, sell him, sell Hamez, I can downgrade my forward and have another premium mid I'm really starting to think I need to hang on to Timo and yeah, I like him. he was going to be the captaincy but I've just mid podcast realised he's actually playing Spurs and Calvert-Lewin's playing Leeds um, so I actually do have a decision that isn't nailed on here I think Calvert-Lewin against Leeds is a no brainer really and I think he'll probably he'll probably be the most captain player of the week I don't know who Salah's got to be fair but um, Timo Werner looked amazing last week in every part of play apart from the final pass or the final kick of the ball. Yeah, he got an assist for Abraham, didn't he, against Newcastle and um, missed quite an easy chance as well that he should have scored. And yeah, I agree, he looked really good. And his his assist for Abraham, if you watch that assist against Newcastle, his pace and he like ran through two players. It was just like, it was like watching uh, kids in the playground where there's you know a kid two or three years older who's the best kid in the school playing with the younger kids who aren't very good and just like, just, yeah, just amazing. But um, yeah, like you said, they're playing Spurs. I guess there could be some attacking returns for both teams in that one. But yeah, I think we've got to be favouring the likes of Calvert-Lewin against the Leeds who obviously they got a clean sheet versus Arsenal. But a lot of Leeds games have been like, you know, they lost, what was it, 4-1 to Palace? Um, Was it 4-3 first game of the season against Liverpool? I think a lot of games for Leeds have conceded like, you know, threes and fours. Um, so they could be a team to target. And obviously Calvert-Lewin's not only on form, but it's sustain- I'd like to call it sort of sustainable form, I guess. It's been season long. It's over nine games now. It's not just like the last two or three where he's, you know, he's not a patchy player anymore. He's a player who's consistently getting, you know, one goal a game, goal a game, an assist, two goals a game. So, you know, you're not really going to get too many blanks from, from him, uh, you'd hope. I've got a grand plan Wes I'm buttoning on you there yeah, but my grand plan I'm going to follow you I'm going to go Calvert-Lewin captain against Leeds and then next week Timo Werner has Leeds so I'm going to cap target Leeds the next two weeks Calvert-Lewin captain this week Werner will see what he can do against Spurs it's probably the week I should be transferring him out but based off last weekend the amount of chances he had and the amount of chances he seemed to create or miss the pass to create that he should have made Yeah, I back him uh, I'm going to target that Leeds fixture with him yeah, I'd keep, if I had Werner, I'd probably be keeping him. I uh, yeah, really like the look of him. And like you said, against Spurs, Spurs have now uh, lost Alderweireld to what looks like a long-term injury. So they're going to be weaker defensively. Um, yeah, how that, it's very hard to predict like how the big games will go. Sometimes they're kind of a bit drab and end up in like a nil-nil or one-nil. Uh, but mm. equally, sometimes they burst into life and there's a lot of goals. So uh, I wouldn't be captaining Werner, but if I had him, play him. 
and hope for the best against Spurs. And then, like you said, against Leeds, he's definitely captain option. Mm. Yeah, that's the plan. It's a good plan, John. So that's Ryan Gordon, my captaincy anyway. Okay, Wes, moving on to some questions. First up from Paul, which is at Skyplayer and FPL. He's two questions. He's been a cheeky bastard. He says, what to, <laughs> what to do with Phil Foden given City's fixture run? We've covered that. And is Salah getting is, is getting Salah back more of a priority than targeting a City attacker? So this comes down to the crux of the matter again. KDB, Sterling v Salah. Uh, would you be getting back on the Salah train if you if you got out of that, or would you be sitting tight with your your decision last week? Yeah, I did get out of it, um, but I would want Salah back soon. The reason, if let's just make it simple, if I was going to be making a midfield transfer this week for a premium midfielder, and you know I was debating between De Bruyne or Salah, I'd be going for Salah purely for the fact of Salah's done it this season. Liverpool are doing it this season. Liverpool are joint top of the league. Liverpool are scoring goals still. Uh, and Salah's on penalties, you know, permanently. Whereas De Bruyne might not be when Aguero's back, etc., etc. But my point being is Salah's proven it. Liverpool have proven it. Man City have got a good fixture run, but equally Man City have had some good fixtures so far this season, and they haven't managed to be the attacking force that we're used to. So until they show that for me, I'm not going to be trusting a premium. Uh, and if I had to choose one, I'd choose Salah. And yeah, in terms of Paul's first question about Phil Foden, we did kind of cover that off earlier. Good fixture run, but for me, I would if if I had Foden in my team, I'd be transferring him out. I don't like players that could get you the last sort of two three minutes because that that blocks a player coming in off your bench who might be sitting there with a clean sheet or something. Mm. And obviously, you've wasted sort of six point five six point six million on a player who isn't playing. So I'd still ditch Phil Foden ahead of his fixtures. I think if I had to be, you know not sitting on the fence, make a decision. That would be my decision. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think you'd be picking Sal over a City attacker at this stage. We'll wait till City do something, get their 4-0 win in. I think so. If you have more balls, you can try and preempt that 4-0 win. Yeah. But, yeah, Salah definitely looks the better option at the minute. If, if you've... No, if, if you have a free transfer there, if you really do have a wild card, if you have the option, yeah, I'd be going Salah. But if I'd picked, if I'd already went KDB last week, I wouldn't be flip flapping. And we talked about Foden. Yeah, agree. We'll move on to Rich FPL. With City looking so flat going forward, but defensively solid, Spurs aside, would you target their attackers or defenders and your preferred choice of each? So we've talked about the attackers. Mm. Uh, I, th- I think I'm going to try and twist this question a bit, ways if you don't mind, unless you have something you want to say. Let's talk about Man City's defensive assets. We touched on it briefly last week. I think I said Cancelo was definitely an option. Laporte absolutely buried one <laughs> the other day and it was disallowed. Yeah. Who would you be going for if you had to target a, a City defender? Yeah, so there, there are a few options and they're all pretty similarly, similarly priced um, in the likes of Diaz, Cancelo and Laporte. Uh, but for me, I'd probably still go for Cancelo just because of how creative he is from open play. Um, he's creating a lot of chances and I think even more than you know the rest of his City teammates and right up there along with the likes of sort of Cresswell and Chilwell uh, in terms of comparing him to defenders in terms of chances was created so he's a good route to points uh, should be a good route to assists and with them easier fixtures uh, you'd expect some City clean sheets there so yeah I yeah I, I think if you've got a but in terms of this question it depends where your squad's weak so if you've got Say if you're still hanging on to the likes of Sace, or you've got Sace, Lamptey and Mitchell, for example, then yeah, definitely use one of your transfers on bringing in a defender. I see it a lot where people try and, they're so fixed on a certain transfer or a certain position 
that they want to bring in that they forget that hang on there's a lot of fires to put out in your defense like you might you might want to bring in a midfielder but you're either gonna to have to minus four that or that that move's gonna to have to wait because you need to improve your defense um, mm. for example so yeah that, that question is definitely team specific and it depends whether weak and strong areas are of your team very good uh snorri anderson uh, andressen has asked, should we bring in Salah straight away or is Jada a cheaper way to cover Liverpool until Fulham when we might want to double up on them? So this is a, we've discussed both these in depth, but we haven't discussed the kind of, do you go cheap, do you go premium, do you go both? Would you be going, like, what's your take on that question? Yeah, I mean, so say if you'd held on to Salah and you'd got him, but then you've got the likes of a Foden or like you said, a Hamas Rodriguez or, you know, another mid-price midfielder that you aren't happy with. Uh, then yeah, absolutely. I'd get. I'd happily go into a game with Jota and Salah. Um, but likewise, like so, bringing it back to my team, I probably can't squeeze Salah back in without losing Bruno, which is something I don't want to do. So, I might look at trying to upgrade the likes of Lookman to Jota if I can free up some money elsewhere. Um, and therefore, I'd feel a little bit more comfortable ha- not having Salah. I don't fully believe in the covering theory, but I do believe Liverpool are a good attacking team, and I do believe both Salah and Jota will be in the will be in the points in the next coming weeks so yeah I think having Jota as an option in there is a really good choice my worry for Jota is that if he dries up on the goal score and he starts getting benched and rotated again yeah. I think he's undroppable at the moment because he just keeps scoring and claps in a position where he has to fit him in by playing 4-2-4 and stuff but I'm afraid he doesn't score for two weeks running and then all of a sudden he's benched and then he's benched yeah. again, and then he gets 30 minutes, and I'm thinking, geez. That worries me as well. I, I worry he might become a bit like a Fodum in terms of, because I do think there'll be fixtures where, you know, Klopp will play his 4-3-3, and he'll want Bobby Firmino in there, and Salah Romano kind of undroppable as well. So if that happens, it would be one of those situations where we kind of saw it a little bit with Shakiri at Liverpool, where he was doing okay, and they fit him into the team in maybe the easier games. Um, but yeah, I, I do share your worry there. But I think at his price, a short-term pun, it could be worth a risk um, because it could be one of those seasons where you know he might be a Mares type player for mm. Leicester, or it's not the best comparison. But my point being is, you know, a cheapish midfielder who actually becomes nailed on for the whole season and performs really well. And if it, if he if he is that player having his kind of breakthrough season, maybe Kane at Spurs in his early days is a better comparison, or Deli Ali back in the day then he's going to be in everyone's team because he's going to be a Liverpool attacker playing in midfield and he's only 6.5 million or whatever he is. So um, he's just it's just trying to figure out which one of those he is. Is he another Foden where he's going to be rotated after a couple of miss, couple of bad games or is he the, the real deal, I guess? And I don't have the answer to that, unfortunately. Mm. Well, the next question's a bit less sort of team and player specific, but I think it's important kind of to cover it just briefly. Uh, there's a lot of experience... Uh, FPL players listening just listen anyway because I think this is a, an interesting point you can give us a bit of a, a heads up on your strategy on these things so FI Japanese Messi has come over from Football Index to the dark side it's his first time playing FPL could you quickly talk about the chips and when to use them he's already used his wild card but he doesn't know much about the others okay yes so uh, my answer to this is always the same and quite straightforward try and save all your chips so your triple captain bench boost and um, free hit until the blank game weeks and the double game weeks occur. So that's obviously when you know multiple teams don't play games or multiple teams have more than one fixture. 
So double game week's a really good chance to capitalise on that. So you can bring in a lot of players who play twice, for example, and then hit the bench boost. So you've got, you know, 14, 15 players all playing two fixtures and you can capitalise there. Likewise for a free hit, if there's a week where, uh, you know, the, there's only say four fixtures out of a possible 10 then you might want a free hit so you can bring in players and actually have a full squad because you know you might wake up look at your squad and see that you've only got four or five people playing and it's either you know decimate your squad just for one week and take a big minus hit or it's use that free hit chip to you know flesh out your squad have a playing team for that week and then your proper squad bounces back in the following week and um, yeah triple captain is pretty self-explanatory it's obviously just the same as a normal captain but you get three times the points instead of two times. And again, I'd be using that in a double game week. Last year, I used it fairly successively on Salah's double game week. So he played Wolves away first fixture and he blanked. And then in the following fixture, we had West Ham away, assist and a goal, 13 points, plus the two points from the previous game. Or, so, or was it 16, 15 or 16 points, something like that, trebled up. So pretty good. Uh, I know a lot of people have been risking it in single fixtures where... I've seen, uh, uh, I think today on Twitter, I saw someone did it to Bruyne early on in the season, Leeds away. They obviously just had a feeling De Bruyne was going to smash it, but a single fixture is hard to predict. A double fixture gives you much more chance of getting points. I remember the year, remember Aguero scored five goals against Newcastle? Yeah, that was a single game week and you can capitalise there. Um, but likewise, you know, you've had, there's been seasons where Kane's had a double game week and he's got I think he got a hat-trick and a brace or a brace and four yeah. goals. He ended up on 31, 31 points times by three. Uh, yeah. So it's very hard to get 31 points in a single game week. It's a, it's a ballsy old call. Like uh, I had him captain that week. I remember with a guy who was top in my mini league because many leagues are all I played for at the time. Had yeah. him triple captain on the single week and I was thinking, you're a crazy bastard. But it can pay off. Do you know, the bottom line is, I suppose, play it on the... The game week and the player that you think will score the most points, but obviously double game weeks, you're you're hedging your bets and you've got twice the chances. So it, it, I would always play in a double game week, but I do yeah. get why you get some people who just go a bit rogue. Yeah. So yeah, on on to the next questions. So there's there's quite a few here. I'm just going to give the people a shout out talking about Vardy in for Key and Vardy in for Salah, Vardy in for whoever if they've more than one transfer. Yeah. So CIMs on that sort of line. We have Nigel Sam asking a question along that line. Zahari AC Milan asking that. And CIM again asks, is Vardy a good... Uh, Vardy in for Kane... Oh, he's asked the same question, sorry there. Vardy in for Kane for the next two weeks' captaincy option. So I, I think that's me sending you the screenshot twice, John. So yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, you shafted me, Wes. <laughs> CIM, you got a triple shout out now. So Vardy, um, Vardy, Vardy, Vardy. That's what we'll talk about as the crux of all those questions he's obviously he didn't blank the last two but he got a four pointer and a two pointer he did get a goal but i think he got a yellow card maybe no, or something it was, a, it was he had two penalties against wolves and ah, he scored yeah. on a missed one when he was in my that team that was it that was it so do you know a four pointer isn't quite a blank but it kind of feels like one yeah and then there was a two but do you know he is on good form he is on penalties he has got three lovely fixtures fulham sheffield united and brighton and then he's got everton as well here conceding a lot of goals would you be looking at Vardy at 10.1? Yeah, he's yeah, he's a great player. And what I like about Vardy is just when you ask yourself certain questions about certain players like the likes of Jota and Phil Foden, there's always like that, oh, you know, will they get dropped in a couple of games time? Will they only play 60 minutes? But you know with Vardy, as long as he's fit, he's playing 90 minutes every week. He's on penalties every week. Um, he's 
he's got a record of scoring goals in the Premier League for what three seasons now, four seasons maybe. Um, so he's reliable. Uh, it's not just like a, a short period of form. It's it's years of class or form or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so yeah, he's a really good pick. However, he is he's in my team as well. So obviously I like him, but he is ten point one million. Uh, so it depends really whether you want to be going for the likes of an extra premium midfielder. I think if you have got the likes of uh, Vardy and Kane in your team, then you're probably only going to be able to fit in one of the premium midfielders, which is the setup I've got, which you know I'm happy with. Um, I'm hoping that Vardy does do well over those four nice fixtures that you highlighted. Um, and yeah, so I, I like Vardy. Would I be prioritising him over... Uh, sorry, would I be taking him out for the likes of Kane? I know that was someone's question. Uh, no, because I, won't, I wouldn't be taking out Kane. If you can get him alongside, great. But if you can't and you've got Kane, I wouldn't be using a transfer on Kane Zavadi, mm. despite his fixtures. Well, it, it was going to be a big consideration for me this week. I was going to maybe go Timo Werner to Vardy or Timo Werner to like a 6.5 and then either go premium in yeah. midfield or do something else with James Rodriguez. But I think after watching the amount of chances Werner had, I'm going to give him until that Leeds game. But after that, maybe yeah. Vardy could come in equally like a downgrade. But he's such proven pedigree. It's funny, like he's 33, he's lightning fast. He is the man almost in European football. If you want so, if you want to hit someone on the counter, Jamie Vardy's your boy. He's just so clinical and so just rapid. Like, And he's 33. This guy could play until he's 38 like Ronaldo at this rate. He just keeps going. <laughs> yeah, on the clinical, like, it's a very good point you made about clinical as well. So he often out, outperforms his sort of XG stats. He doesn't need... Some strikers need maybe four or five shots a game to get their goal. He doesn't need that. Um, yeah, and if he gets a big chance, invariably he scores it. So that's another factor that's just... Makes him just such a great FPL pick. Um, yeah, I really like those players. Those sort of number nines or... That just like they're, they're the main man in the team. If if Leicester are looking for a goal, they're looking to Vardy. Um, and there's a few players in, in certain teams like that, but he is, he is the one. The, the only thing which is, it's probably a bit of a stupid concern, but I think it's just something to bring up for all these players who are in the Europa League and Champions League. Vardy's obviously one of them, but maybe he'd be a bit less affected. He's been benched in their last fixture in the Europa League and he only played 69 minutes, the one before that. Yeah. Do you know, there could be a bit of rotation coming in on the sort of, the bit the six top finishers from last season because it's it's getting to that stage now where do you know after project restart it's been so thick and fast and i think the longer we go these injuries are going to compound managers know that and there's going to be a bit more rotation yeah uh, there's talks of more substitutes coming into different um leagues and and cups and i think we could be at the sort of far end of a lot of rotation and, and guesswork so mm. it's something to consider but realistically you're not going to start not picking the premium players over it but I wouldn't be surprised if in the next few weeks, I know a lot of these teams have nine fixtures in the coming 30 days. I would be surprised if there wasn't some shock rotation. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see who that affects most. And exactly on the back of that point, again, I'm going to be repeating myself, but it's a really important message to hammer home. Because of what you said, like don't bring in Vardy now just to maybe avoid a 0.1 price rise or something. Because he plays, he could play Thursday in the Europa League. You want to make sure he doesn't get an injury in that game. He has had a couple of injury niggles this season. He kind of limped off the Liverpool game as well at the end. Might be nothing, might be something, I don't know. But my point remains, just wait until those fixtures have happened. Make sure he's not injured and go from there. Same for all your players. 
Absolutely. And just to wrap up the podcast, Wes, we had a question from Ed Startup, which has been more than covered, and Hornet, FI Hornet as well, which was also definitely covered just talking about premiums. So yeah. I think we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Is there anything you wanted to, to mention just before we leave? No, that's all, all good. I've enjoyed another pod and just uh, hopefully everyone's enjoying listening to it and sharing and subscribing and rating and all that good stuff. But yeah, no, yeah. loved it. I might actually check while we're live. People are going to have to listen to me tapping away on a keyboard. Let's go and see if anyone's left us a review and if it's if it's um, come up on iTunes yet. A few, a few of my boys have left left some on uh, on Apple that I know. They've said they've done yeah. five stars, but they've probably done Noth- a cheeky one star in there for a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing's popping up here when I check on Chartable, but maybe next week we'll have some people to give a shout out to. Before we leave, I just want to remind people, definitely go and check out the Fanslide app. Just get it downloaded, have a look, see if it's for you. I find it a great sort of a compliment to the FPL game and way of thinking you do your research all week why let it just that all that research and time put in die whenever you make your decisions at the deadline get it downloaded and if i was you i'd be targeting that 250 quid fixture would you is will you be playing yeah like you said it's it's free to download free to play and 250 quid up for grabs in that in that particular game so why wouldn't you give it a go and like you say it's no uh no obligation give it a try if you like it then great stuff absolutely well where's look i'll chat to you next week bye jump bye bye